Hi, Jen. We're recording already. Yeah, it's working. Is it recording on your end, too? It is. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Hello, everyone. Hey, everyone. We're just doing something a little different this week. Jen, do you want to explain? Um, sure. We're not recording together. We're recording at separate locations um, because Dom has a is that yeah, right? a, chest, a chest infection. I'm okay. sick. So um, I don't want her to kill me. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's not contagious, but whatever, Jen. <laughs> so um, also welcome to uh, 99% chance of wine and murder. Yeah. That's where we're at today. Yes, it is. And this is episode 17. This is. This is episode 17. So should we do our normal introduction, Jen? Um, the 99% chance one. Like, hey everyone, this is Jen. And this is Dom. And you're listening to 99% chance of wine wine and murder. (laughs) There we go. We did it. Now it feels normal. We just did a little late into it. It's fine. That's okay. We had to explain what we were doing. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, how was your day? Oh, you know, I mean, I pretty much just laid in bed and then I kind of moved to the couch. I I showered at one point. Congratulations. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. What about yours? Uh, it was good. I, uh, was at work, so. Oh, nothing cool to report here. Yeah. Me neither, man. So I think you go first. Sure. All right. Here goes nothing. Okay, good luck. Anita Cobby was a beautiful young Australian woman who in her young adult life accomplished many great endeavors. After winning a local beauty pageant, Anita had a promising future in the modeling business, but her heart would only be fulfilled by caring for others in their time of need. She turned her passion for others into a career of nursing. While studying for her degree at the Sydney Hospital, she met her soon-to-be husband, John Cobby. On March 27, 1982, they said their vows and began a future together. Unfortunately, after some time, the couple began to have problems and needed a parents in Blacktown, New South Wales. Taking the train back and forth to work and then getting a ride from her parents' home became her routine. Around 3 p.m. on February 2, 1986, Anita was finishing a shift at the Sydney Hospital and met up with some of her friends for dinner. Once, de- once finished, she caught the train from Central, ba- from Central back to Blacktown like normal. What happened next is not 100% known. Assuming she followed her normal routine of trying to call her dad or catch a cab, she must have run into some of the following problems. It is believed that there were no taxis available and no working payphones, resulting in Anita setting out on her walk home. Around 10 p.m. on Newton Road, Anita made her way home unknowing of what dangers she was about to encounter. Horror struck when a white HT Honda Kingswood, or sorry, Holden Kingswood, came rolling up beside Anita and out jumped two assailants, quickly snatching Anita and forcing her and her horrid screams into their car. 
she had entered her own personal hell. For the next couple of hours, Anita's five torturers forced her to strip off all of her clothes, even though she refused, pleading that she was married and on her period. The attacks ensued, each man repeatedly punching her in the face and raping her. After stopping for some gas, they drove down to a secluded area where a paddock was and began taking turns brutally raping and beating her again. They dragged her beaten body into the paddock and killed her so she would not be able to identify Jesus. them. I know, it's, it's I can't brutal. I can imagine having to go through that torture. Well, and I mean, especially, like, no matter what, it's horrible, but for five people against yeah, one. Yeah, like, how, like, like, you're not getting away from that. No. So, um, they slit her throat and left her for dead. Little did they know, upon her abduction, a 13-year-old boy had seen the altercation and ran after the vehicle trying to help her. When he could not catch the car, he ran home and called the police and then told his neighbors and his girlfriend. Clarification. His neighbor's girlfriend. (laughs) I was like, wow. I just just realized how that sounded. (laughs) The two got in their car and drove around looking for the white car. They drove down Reen Road towards the paddock and came across the white car, but it was empty. Along not seeing anything unusual and believing it was a different car model, the couple returned home, not realizing the five men were hiding in the grass with Anita. On February 3rd, her parents reported Anita missing. Their worst nightmares became true on February 4th, when the farmer who owned the paddock came across Anita's nude and beaten body. Ugh. I guess his, like, cows all, like, milled around her. And then he, like, went down to see, like, what the cows were doing. And that's where she was. Oh, so they were, like, telling him. Yeah. So Anita's nice. identity was only confirmed due to the specific, unique wedding band still on her finger. All of Australia was outraged by the murder and the N- NSW government posted a $50,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest of her murderers. After police reenacted her last known movements, they received information pointing towards a suspect in the case of the stolen car. Upon tracking down John Travers, Michael Murdoch, and the Murphy brothers, Les, Michael, and Gary, they discovered they all had a history of violence. On February 21st, John Travers and Michael Murdoch were arrested at the house of John Travers' uncle, while the Murphy brothers were arrested at John's house. While let out on bail, John was kept in the custody after making strange comments about the murder. Using John's aunt to speak to John with a hidden mic, they obtained a confession. From there, she spoke to Michael and gained another confession, implementing all five men in the brutal kidnapping, assault, and torture. Good. Within a total of 22 days, all suspects were captured and charged in the murder of Anita Cobby. All the men pleaded guilty to the murder and together had a long rap sheet of over 50 criminal offenses, including rape, armed robbery, larceny, drug use, and more. During interviews, it was determined that John Travers was in charge of the group's actions and was the one to slit Anita's throat, nearly decapitating her in the process. During the trial, it was clear just how much Anita suffered. In the two-hour-long brutal attacks, the medical examiner revealed that extensive injuries, those of which included, and 
just a caution. These are these are a little bad. Extensive bruising on her skull, breast, face, shoulders, thighs, legs, and groin that consisted with the unrelenting beatings. She also had lacerations all over her body and three nearly severed fingers that she must have used to defend herself. Oh my god. As well as like vaginal tears and things like that on june 16th they were all sentenced to life in jail with no possibility of parole as of recent in 2019 john is serving his time in goldborn correctional center under maximum security michael murphy died in long bay jail on february 21st 2019 just a couple days ago at the age of 66 years old Gary Murphy is currently serving out his time in Lithgrove Correctional Center under maximum security. Les Murphy is serving his time in Goldborn Correctional Center as well, also under maximum security. And as of 2016, I couldn't find anything more recent. Michael Murdoch is serving his time in John Maroney Correctional under medium security. And this concludes what is known as the most savage and fiendish murder the state has ever known. Man, that's so sad. I know, really sad. And, like, how random, too. Like, she was just... Like, she, it was, like, con- convenient for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she was... Like, by fluke, she was walking home. And she, like, if you look up her pictures, oh, my gosh, she's gorgeous. Like, beautiful. Aww. Yeah, it's really sad. No one should ever have to get, go through that. God, no. I was actually thinking of that... When we watched that episode, I survived the other day because it's like similar, right? Yeah, they, that girl. Also. Yeah, that's true. That girl. Okay, so that's what I thought you were gonna do. I was like, why do I know something so similar? And that's where yeah. I got them. But yeah, I yeah, that I was stumbled across pretty similar to that. And I was thinking, I was like, hmm, we just watched and I survived, and pretty similar things happened. Well, you were meant to tell the story. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear your story, Jen. It's a. It's relatively recent. It only happened last summer. Oh, really? Um, you probably have heard it. I didn't know all the details, mm-hmm. and I uh, have been watching YouTube videos on it. Okay. It's, it, it's insane. Like, I just, I don't understand. Um, so I just should warn, this has to do with death of, of children Aww. as well. So just so everybody knows. Okay. Um, so it's uh, the story of Chris Watts. Okay. So on August 3rd, 2018, in Frederick, Colorado, Shanann Watts, who was 15 weeks, weeks pregnant at the time, um, arrived home around 1.50 a.m. from a business trip. Her friend and colleague, Nicole, dropped her off that morning. And there's actually video footage of her from their doorbell camera entering the house, and you see Nicole driving off after she goes inside. Oh, wow. So the next day when Nicole hadn't heard from Shanann, which was very unusual, and Shanann had missed her doctor's appointment and a business meeting, Nicole became worried. She decided to pick up her son and go check on her. Um, She had the code to the house, but it had been locked from the inside, so she couldn't get in. So she knocked uh, and rang the doorbell numerous times, but there was no answer, and she didn't see any movement in the house because they had, like, a door, and then there was, like, a big window beside it so you could see inside. Um. So she called Chris um, just to be like, hey, do you know what's going on with Shanann? And, and Chris said that uh, she told him that she was going to take the girls to a play date. So that was the first alarm. 
Uh, Nicole thought uh, that I was pretty weird because her car with both car seats in it were in the garage. Oh, wow. Um, so she decided that she was going to call police and just say, can you, you know, I'm kind of worried about my friend. Can you come do a welfare check? Um, so they arrived and they looked around the house um, and in all the windows. Um, but they said they needed Chris's consent to actually enter right. a home. So they called Chris and he told them not to break down the door and that he would be home in 15 minutes to let them Okay. In. I mean, I feel like I would have let them break down the door. Uh, wouldn't you feel like you should be a little bit more worried about your family? Yeah, I'd be like, because police are at your door about... and you don't know what's, or you seemingly don't know what's going on. Yeah. So Chris finally showed up and let police into the house. He helped police search uh, throughout, but everything looked like it was in place. However, Inside, they found Shanann's wedding rings, car keys, purse, and her cell phone. Oh, weird. And this was, like, super unusual because she worked for a company called Thrive. So it's, like, a vitamin oh, yeah. patch. Oh, yeah, i heard of that. And her, she documented her whole life, and her job was all on her cell phone. So she would never leave. She would never go right. to like she, it. Right. It was, like, a necessity to her. She needed it. it exactly. Um, so both Nicole and her son said to police that Chris was acting super weird. Okay. A neighbor had come over when he saw the commotion and asked uh, what was wrong. Um, and police kind of said they were just checking on the family because they didn't know where Shanann and her daughters mm-hmm. were. Um, so, and he said, well, you know what? I actually have a surveillance camera that's set up um, kind of pointing out towards my, um, my driveway. And he's like, you can see the Watts driveway as well. And police are like, okay, do you mind if we ha- come and have a look? So Chris headed over with them and like there's a, a video online and um, because the police have all wear those cameras on their badges right. now or whatever. Um, and he's like pacing around the room. Like he looks so nervous. who's pacing around the room? The dad. Chris. Oh, like he knows something's wrong. R- right. And the police, like you can see in this camera that he, he looks upset. Like he looks nervous as to what this footage is going right. to show. Right, right. So they watch the video um, and they kind of look uh, kind of early morning because Chris told police he had saw them before he left for okay. work. Um, and so they see, you see Chris come out of the house. Um, he pulls his, he backs his truck out of the driveway and then backs it back in with the back end going into the oh, garage. Weird. And then you see him kind of have bags, like loading them into his truck for the next hour. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so so that's all it shows, right? And then they don't see anything else on the footage. No coming or going into the house, out of the house, um, until Nicole shows up okay. to, to check on her. Um, yeah, so then... Okay, I lost my place. I'm getting too into this story. Uh, okay, ba-ba-ba. Okay, here we go. Okay, so the next day the FBI got involved because now they're dealing with missing children. Yeah, of course. Right? Um, so they, so they needed to help find pregnant Shanann, um, and their two young daughters, Bella, who was four and Celeste, who was three. Wow, that's sad. Young children. And she was Chris. Yeah. And Chris even went on TV the next day and pleaded for his, the safe return of his family. And literally, I remember watching this and I saw it and I was like, he did Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like he didn't, he wasn't crying. Really, like he he wasn't. It didn't seem like he was actually right. Upset. Just kind of like happening. like he was putting on an act, basically. Okay. So I mean, because he's the father, 
um he be he obviously becomes a suspect that's just what always happens of course so they brought like they brought him in and uh they they told him they were going to do a polygraph test on him Mm -hmm. and then so during this time a woman came forward and told police that her and chris were dating and that he had told her he was separated which obviously was not the case right um and then friends of shanann had later said that she thought chris may have been having an affair and wanted to leave her so she had already been suspicious oh that looks bad yeah um so when uh so then Kalisa looked at the results of chris's polygraph and he failed like very badly oh no so he he said before i say anything further i i just want to talk to my dad right. so his dad had come into the interrogation room chatted with him and then the police came back in and he confessed to murdering Chanel. Oh, wow. Just like that? So, yeah. So originally he said the only reason he did it was because he caught her killing their daughters. What? And by the time he got into the room, both kids were dead. Do you think that's true? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Oh, my God. Um, so he said out of rage, he, he killed her. And then he didn't know what to do. Which I mean is understandable that, like, he would be mad, but that doesn't mean he should kill her. <laughs> right exactly so he he finally gave away the location of where he put the bodies and so police drove out to a job site that belonged to chris's employer so he worked for like an oil and gas okay. company um so their body the bodies of of celeste and bella were found in two different oil tanks and shanann was found a few steps away in a field in a shallow grave oh, wow that's so sad yeah, so police um, determined that the girls were smothered to death um, and that Shanann was strangled. They also noticed that sh- noted sorry, that Shanann had no defensive wounds on her body, so she would have been attacked in her sleep. So Chris's original story could not have oh, been wow. true. So he definitely killed them. everybody. So on August 21st, 2018, Chris was charged with five counts of first-degree murder. Um, unlawful termination of a pregnancy and three counts of tampering with a deceased body, a human body. Um, So I guess he was charged with five counts because um, I guess you get a second charge when you kill um, a child under 12. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Or in the state of Colorado, at least you do. I didn't know that. I didn't either. And I was like, why would he, why would he be charged with five? And then I like read a little bit more about it. Okay. So um, so he pled guilty to all accounts on November 6th, and then on November 19th, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Oh, so it was like a plea deal that he could take. So if he pled guilty, he would get life in prison without parole. And I guess Shanann's family um, supported that because they just didn't want any more death, which is like her family is amazing. Yeah, because like, I would have been like, fucking kill him. Yeah, I would have been like, I will kill him for yeah, you right no now. Yeah, no kidding. So that's crazy so it's just crazy like because i mean you know and it's like what everybody always thinks like they looked like the perfect little family and i I can't believe like i've never heard like i don't know i don't think i've ever heard of this one yeah it was pretty crazy i remember when it first came out and it was like i remember seeing it all over social media and just that these two women these two girls and the mom was missing and they didn't know where that they were and then i remember seeing him pleading i saw the video and then I just was like, had a weird feeling about it. And then, like the next day, they announced that they had arrested him. Oh wow! Yeah. 
so it was a pretty fast moving investigation like they were on it which was i mean they have to be when not i mean missing women as well but when kids are involved i just don't understand how like parents especially could kill their own children I don't get it. I like I, that's maybe that's why I'm like, what? How could you? How could you do this? Yeah, like it just seems. Crazy. How can you kill your own child? Yeah, I don't know. That just doesn't seem right. No. Okay, have you uh, heard about this Moo thing? Oh my god! I actually heard about it a couple. Okay, months ago, and so but... like my kids watch YouTube, and I'm like, well, you're not anymore. Well, and it's just like, why would you do that shit? Like you ever like people are so people are so fucked. fucked. Like encouraging kids to kill them. Like apparently, it's like encouraging kids to kill themselves or harm themselves. And if they don't, it's threatening to kill their parents. Like for real, if I was to ever find out who was doing that, they would be scared for their lives. Yeah, like that. I can't. I cannot believe you could do that. And do you think like it's just one person? Because it seems like. I, I think, I, I believe that it, I mean, it could just be one person because there's very good hackers out there yeah and someone who's a, a great hacker and also just super fucked up in the head could definitely do it. I just don't get it. Like, cause I started hearing about it a couple months ago, but it wasn't like huge at that point. It was just like her face being yeah. shown and said that they were saying like messed up things. But then I saw that one in the UK where the little girl like cut all her hair off and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's really creepy. Like, I mean, it's terrifying. I think there really needs to be more laws and more action on things that are going online. I know it's hard I to agree say because it's, that's what world we live in now. Yeah. And I know it's hard because it's like you can't always trace where things are coming from and stuff. But I mean, there needs to be more like moderation and like more monitoring of what's being released like almost like if you say like for example facebook like you post something on facebook it should be have to be approved by someone first and i know that's crazy and i know like in certain circumstances that's totally like unnecessary and like when people update their status and it's just like how their day was fine but at the same time, and I know there's, like, a huge privacy issue, but at the same time, things like this might not be happening if we had things like that. Yeah, but, like, it's like your, it's like that whole thing with, like, that your phone listens to you. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, where you're talking about something, and then you open, like, Facebook or Google, and there's, like, an ad for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. I don't know. It's crazy the world we are living in. New new things are coming out every day to be scared of. I know. This isn't the world I grew up in. No. It makes me scared to have kids. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it sucks that it's come to that, though. Because you shouldn't be scared to bring children into the world. But, you know, it's just... Yeah, no, I agree. It's crazy. It's messed up. Like, you used to be only worried, really, about your kids, like, being kidnapped and stuff, which is bad enough. Yeah, but, like, when I was, um, uh, when I was young, like, I lived on a cul-de-sac, and, like, my friends and I used to, there's a bunch of kids on the cul-de-sac, and we were all friends, and we always used to, like, go outside by ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
and just like play we'd play on the main road and then we'd like play cops and robbers and like run through the alleys and stuff like without parental supervision you know what and and our parents were like fine with it because they didn't like it was safe Hmm. right so i don't know it's a different world we live in yeah it's it's getting a little bit i'm gonna be that mom that's like if i can't see you you are not going anywhere yeah well you almost have to be that parent now right i was actually just watching that documentary um on jc dugard yeah even that like she was just walking to her bus to go to school like exactly so messed up (sighs) anyways now that we've depressed everybody well yeah (laughs) sorry sorry guys okay well are we all done jen yes we're all done we hope you enjoyed Yes, and remember, everyone, keep your wine glasses full. And don't get murdered. Bye. Bye.